This is No Love Live with Pastor Tim Warholic. Tim is the senior pastor of Paradise Calvary Chapel in Las Vegas, Nevada. You guys doing well? You look pretty good. You look pretty good. If you need a Bible, raise your hand for me. We're going to be, uh, our primary text this morning is going to be 1 John chapter 1. So if you'd like to start turning there, you can do that. Um, also, if you need a Bible, raise your hand high. We can get you a Bible. We're going to be continuing our Christmas series uh, called Arrival up to Christmas next week. Is that right? Wow. Okay. (laughs) Christmas is next week, if you didn't know. This series of Arrival is uh, the coming of the Son of God. We want to be preparing ourselves. In fact, the message title from last week, does anybody remember what it was? Any? Prepare him room. Thank you. Good job. Prepare him room. The title of today's message is Declare Him Good. So you prepare him room and then you declare him good. Our text last week, I'm going to read it for you. It's in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 5 from last week. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. Now this is a proclamation, a declaration to prepare. And as we talked about last week, it's it's us preparing our in our relationship with God, Him to meet with us. And there's things that pop up in life. There's things that bring us low. There's things that trip us up. And we want to be in a place this season where we're preparing our hearts to receive the Lord. Amen? We're preparing to receive. And this is my word for you today. Grant's going to throw it up on the screen. You have to prepare before you can declare. Take note of that and think about it. You have to prepare before you can declare. How would you think it would be if I got up here this morning or any Sunday morning for that matter and I I said, I didn't prepare anything for you, but let's wing it and see what happens. I take this seriously. I want you guys to be blessed. I want to dig into God's word together and see what he has for us. There's a preparation that goes into that process. Many things in your life, you can't just go out and, and, and start talking about it. You, there's got to be a preparation first. So my question for you this morning is, do you have anything to declare? Do you have anything to declare? And if you want to have something to declare, you had better start preparing your heart to, to see what the Lord has for you so that you can process that and that you can vocalize it and tell others. Because your God, my God, our God wants to engage with you today. 
That's why Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you could hear from him, so that you could see him, so that you could touch the things in your life that he's doing. And if you're prepared in that sense to receive what God has for you today and to be engaging with him, if you're prepared, then you will have something to declare. Before we get into our text this morning, let's go ahead and and pray and give this time to the Lord. God, you are good. You are good. And we declare it from the rooftops. You are a good God. You are holy. You are different. You are better than anything this world has to offer. And this season, we pray that you would be working in our hearts, cultivating fertile soil for the germination of your seed that it would produce fruit, God, and that we would be prepared to declare your good, glorious, and wonderful works. God, thank you for that time of worship and for our worship team, the opportunity for us to bless you with the fruit of our lips in worship. For the studying and the looking at your word, God, we, we, we look at it not just as reading. We look at it as, as study and meditation, as also a form of worship towards you. And God, you, you've blessed us. You've taken care of us today. Everything that we have is because you love us. And we pray that our tithes and offerings would also be what we give to you, what we give back to you a little of the great that you've given to us and that it would be done in nothing less than than a place of worship in our hearts towards you. God, you are good. We want to declare your goodness. Speak to us today, God. Bless your word as it is blessed in my brothers and sisters in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a story that I like in the Old Testament, 2 Samuel chapter 18. It's about two runners. Have you guys ever heard the story before? Ahimaaz and the Cushite. Anybody heard the story of Ahimaaz and the Cushite? It's during the reign of King David, and King David is at war with his son Absalom. His son Absalom has revolted against him. He's taken people away, and, and he's, he's fighting his father, the king. And then they're at the pinnacle at this battle in the Old Testament where Absalom is fighting King David's forces. And then the the, the finality is that Absalom is killed during battle. and, And there's a message that needs to be taken to the king. The battle's over. Your enemies are defeated. And Ahimaaz was a, a glorious runner. And he liked to take messages to the king. And he goes to Joab and he says, Joab, I want to take this message to the king. And Joab says, you may not take this message to the king. This is not your message to deliver. You are not at the front line. You don't know the details of what happened. And whoever goes needs to be in a place of preparation, firsthand experience, knowledge. And today is not that day for you, Ahimaaz. And Ahimaaz was upset broken. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. Ahab or uh, Joab and, and Joab says no. And he says, Cushite guy, you run with the message. You were at the front line. You know what happened. Go tell the king firsthand because Joab knew that, that David, even though Absalom, his son, was his enemy, Joab knew that King David was going to be uh, devastated at the death of his son. So the Cushite leaves. And Ahimaaz continues, I want to go, I want to go. 
This is what I do. This is what I want to do. He said, you're not prepared to declare. But he keeps pushing the issue. And then finally, Joab says, fine. Just go. Go if you want to go so bad. And he takes off running. Ahimaaz, he's running, and he cuts through the plain, and he's running, and he passes the Cushite. And he, he gets closer, and King David is between the gates, and the watchmen are looking, and they said, a messenger's coming. We have news from the battle. And as he's getting closer, the watchman said, the running is like that of Ahimaaz. It's Ahimaaz who's coming. And King David says, Ahimaaz is a good man. He must have a good message. I'm looking forward to seeing what he says. He arrives to the king. King David says, tell me what happened. He says, I wasn't at, you know, I wasn't at the front line, but your enemies have been defeated. The battle is over. He says, what of my son Absalom? He says, I, I don't have any other news. And he says, stand to the side. And there's another runner coming, the watchmen say. And he's coming closer and closer. And the Cushite gets there and he says, the, the victory is yours, my king. The battle is over. And David said, what of my son Absalom? And the Cushite said, may all of your enemies be as he is this day. Your son's dead. The battle is over. David is heart-wrenched. This is his own son. But the point of the story is Ahimaaz was not prepared to take the message to the king. This season for us, we want to make sure we're in a place that we are prepared to take the message out. Do you identify as a believer in Jesus Christ? Do you identify as a Christian? If you do, you have a message to give. This is what we're going to be looking at in our text in 1 John chapter 1. But I want to read a, a clip out of 1 Chronicles chapter 16, if I can. You can see it on the screen. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. You've got some amazing things to declare, church. Your God is a good God. And he's the God that created the heavens. And he wants to be intimately involved with every part of your life. And then we see in 1 John, John coming and presenting to the believers what, what was declared to them. And we're going to see in the first five verses, there's three declares. If you're taking notes, three times he says, we declared, declared, declared. And like any good father or elder teaching the younger, what do we tell them? What do we, how do we instruct them? We instruct them in the things that we want them to do. And John's saying, we declared to you, now you, it's your turn to go declare to others. So we're going to go through each of these three declares this morning, and we're going to see what the outcome of the declarations are and what that looks like in your life as well. So starting in chapter 1, verse 1, let's read. That which is from the beginning... 
which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. That's some good verses right there. But look, he, he, he lists three things primarily. He says that this is from the beginning, that which we have heard, that which we have seen, and that which we have handled, we have touched. And nobody takes somebody seriously who's not an eyewitness of an account that happens, right? Oh, I, I, I heard this, or I, I thought about that, and this may be... The, no, I want you to be there. I want an eyewitness account. Jesus in, in Jerusalem, or right before he ascends into heaven, he's talking to the disciples in Acts, and he says, Hey, you guys remain in Jerusalem till the promise of the Father comes to you. What's the promise of the Father? The Holy Spirit, right? We all on the same page? He says, remain in Jerusalem and then go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the world because I want you guys to be my what? I want you to be my witnesses. I want you to take what you've experienced, what what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've handled, touched with your hands, and I want you to go give it to the rest of the world. That's what Jesus says to his church. And then John, to the Christians here, he's writing and saying, we came to you and we told you what we saw. We, we told you what we heard. We told you the, the tangible acts of God that were happening in our life. And church, this is what God wants to do with you today in this season. He wants you to see that he is good. He wants you to see him work in your life. He wants you to see him work in in people's lives around you. He wants that. He desires that. He wants you to hear, not just hear his word from the throne to your heart, not just to hear what Pastor Tim has to say today. He wants you to hear from each other. The testimony that he's given you, the good work that he started, that he's begun and he's going to bring to completion. He wants you to touch. He wants you to handle his goodness, his miracles in your life. You you, you touch, handle the blessings that God's given you. It brings it to a whole different level. My little baby, Sophia, comes over to me. She's not so much of a baby. She turns five this week. And we're singing, and she just gets up, and she just wraps her little arms around my neck, and she squeezes me. And I get to touch and squeeze back and hold with my hands a tangible blessing that God has given to me. And that goes for many things that you can touch and handle. But what we need to understand today and, and, and hope we, it's seated in our hearts is that this is God's heart and his intention for us, that he wants us to see, that he wants us to hear, that he wants us to handle so that we can take that and express it to others. We have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Verse 2 in our first declare. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness. 
and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Two things here. You can see how he repeats himself, doesn't he? He does this every single time he brings up another declare. He says that, that you ha- we have seen and bear witness. This is actively something that's happening in their lives. Just like God is actively wanting to engage you today. Not just on Sunday though. Tomorrow and Tuesday, every day. Two times we see a word in this first declare. What is the repetition word that we see here? He says that God manifested. The life was manifested. We've seen him bear witness and declare to you the eternal life which, the Father and, uh, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. Do you know that God wants to manifest himself to you today? You know what that means? He wants to visit you. He wants to meet you. He wants to man. Could you imagine when, when, when you talking to somebody in the grocery store and you tell the person behind you, you say, you know, God has manifested himself to me today. They're going to think you're a weirdo. Oh, I hear this guy on Tropicana and Pecos in the grocery line needs to comb his beard out talking about God manifesting himself to me. This is going to be an interesting conversation. No thanks, I don't want any. There's a way for presentation. But the thing is, like, we just have to be willing to first have that conversation. And the willingness to have that conversation comes from preparedness beforehand so that you have something to declare. Let me ask you this question. How has God manifested himself to you? If you're a note taker, I want you to jot down. And it could be five years ago. It could be 10 years ago. It could hopefully be more recent. It could be yesterday. It could be today. But I want you to write down if you're taking notes or or think about, consider, how has God manifested himself to you? And here's the thing. On God's part, he wants to do that. God wants to manifest himself to us. And, and for the most part, if he's not manifesting himself to us, it's, it's, on our, it's on us or on our side, less than on his. And don't get me wrong, we go through desert seasons, we go through quiet seasons, and it can be difficult in those desert times. Jesus went through a desert season. Moses, Abraham, that happens. But God's intention and his desire is the manifestation of himself to his people. And we have to, listen, church, I, I don't want to come down on you, but we have to have something to write down. <laughs> if we don't have anything to write down, then we're in trouble. Not in trouble with the Father, but in trouble with who are we? Who even are we? If we don't have anything to say, this is how God has manifested himself to me. This is how, what I've seen. This is what I've heard. This is what I've touched. This is what I can give to you. And John says, this is the case for me. This is the life, the eternal life that was manifested to us. And this is what we gave to you. And in turn, you take that manifestation of God in your life as the word of God teaches us and you take it and you give it to other people. Jesus doesn't call you the the salt and the light of the world for, for nothing as an alternative as if there's something else. You are the salt and the light. 
he has manifested himself to you. Bear witness. Number two, in verse three, that which we have seen and heard, there it is again. What did he do? We saw it. We heard it. So if they saw it, and if they heard it, and if they were prepared, what did they do? They declared. He said, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Number two, we've seen and we've heard, we declared so that you can have fellowship with us. Oh, fellowship. I love good, sweet fellowship. You know, Grace made that reference about the announcements, and it was really just me using that time as a sermon illustration. It wasn't really trying to be hard on her. It was that time before the service when we, we introduce you or, or tell you to turn, meet, and greet each other. And you get to turn and meet and greet. And for some reason, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to, give you guys a hard time, but the first service is always a lot more happy to see each other than you guys for some reason. I mean, prepare yourself so you can declare to your neighbor that he is good, right? And, and we don't want to cut that time short. And she says very often, and she said to me in private, I love to see our church fellowship. And I love it too. I love to see you guys talking. And, and I'm up here or, or down there or whatever, waiting for that time to end, and, and it ends up being, you know, the first service, they just kept talking and talking. She's tried to start talking, and they just keep talking. And, and what do we hear? We hear chuckling, giggling, laughing, greetings. Joy, joy. The fellowship, and joy comes from that fellowship. We don't hear people, you know, thinking, oh, man, we're at church again. Oh, hate this guy anyway. I don't even know why I come here. There's a joy in fellowship. He says that I've declared this so that you can have fellowship with us as we have fellowship with the Father. And in that fellowship, your fellowship in the Lord is joy. And it should be that way as well. Joy in fellowship. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. You know that there's some churches right now, this is the kind of conversations we have at pastors' conferences when we go. All these pastors are talking these trends that go through churches. One of the trends in, in these days, even in, you know, in the recent past, is to cut out the meet and greet time at the beginning of church. There's a lot of churches that are doing away with it. The no more meet and greet. You know, people, it makes people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> we we want to make sure that, that we're meeting. Okay, fine. Don't turn to me. Text your neighbor a smiley face. Say, good morning, hug, heart, 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 heart. Don't look at him. Don't talk to him. We want to, if, however you want to engage, that's fine. If society's going in the wrong direction, I doubt that we should facilitate that for people. 
No, people don't want to talk. We don't want anybody getting offended, you know. We can't sing certain songs anymore, and we can't do certain things because people are going to get their feelers hurt. We've got to have safe spaces for people. No, we, we, we need to talk. You know why? Because by talking, we cultivate fellowship, and fellowship is good. And when you have fellowship with each other, when you have fellowship in the Lord, there's joy. Do you know what every guest speaker that I have come here says to me the same thing? And it's like right on cue. Every time, whether they come from out of state or they're local, they've never been here before. Every time afterwards we get together, or we, we are having a debrief on how things went. And they said, we can't believe how long people stay after your services. Every church we go to, people are boom out the door. And it's like, man, we want to go home. You know, in the beginning, this is a culture that we've cultivated from the beginning. We said that we will never tell people they have to go home. This is a church. You guys can stay here as long as you want. I might not stay, but you can. And we paid the consequences for that in the beginning when we were in a home and it was much more intimate. We had a policy. We're never telling people it's time to go. We got five kids. We got school, you know. We had people coming a half hour before the study started and staying till nine and 10 o'clock at night. And we had to ask ourselves that question. Okay, at what point? And we had people on our team at that, at that time that said, we need to just tell people to go. And I said, we will never tell people they have to go home. Because where healthy, genuine, good fellowship is, there is joy also. And if God wants to have fellowship with his people, we don't limit that to, to time frames and say, this is how much time you're able to have fellowship with God or you're able to have fellowship with each other. Fellowship, you have joy. And then hopefully that is a precious part of, of your involvement in, in this church. I hope it is for me. And it's something that you can take and declare. This church is weird. I want you to come check this church out. These people, they hang out all day afterwards. I don't understand. And then they have, now they have a Sunday night service and they hang out all day and then they go to another service at night. And if you're wondering if we're crazy, yes, we are crazy. I was just talking to somebody the other day, uh, yesterday about saying, they were saying, you, you guys should start a Sunday night service. And I'm like, are you on drugs? Like we have stuff like every single night, every single day of the week, except Friday and Saturday. I don't know if we can do that. Fellowship is good though. And then we have the life groups. If you guys aren't connected to a life group yet, I know, I know that there's good fellowships happening in the life groups. And I'm thankful for those families that, that facilitate those. Number three, verse five. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. He ends with one this time. What is that last one? He says that we have heard. This is the message we heard. This is what we heard, we heard, we heard, we heard over and over. This is what we saw, we saw it. This is what we touched. This is what we handled. This is what we heard. This is clearly what was to be delivered to you, which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now, if that ain't something to declare today, then I don't know what to declare. God is light 
In him there is no darkness. Do you guys know that we live in a very dark time right now? I'm not happy about it. We've got to acknowledge it and admit it and look like, like things, are, things are dark and getting darker. You, church, are the salt and the light, as we already talked about. Jesus said that you guys are the ones that make the world different. You and you alone. And it's not like the light has to fight with the darkness, does it? The light doesn't have to fight with the darkness. The light just shows up and the darkness is gone. So I'm not trying to, to cause you to be advocates or to fight. I want you to engage in intimacy with the God that created you so that you can have that light to take to the world, even just your presence. You can be the salt because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You know, right now, we have some of the highest rates of suicide in history. I just read an article yesterday about a, a lady who was 35 back east who was a well-known um, TV anchor meteorologist who had LASIK done. And there's procedures that LASIK can cause damage to your nerves in your eyes. And then you're in excruciating pain for the rest of your life. I don't know if you've heard this, but she, two little babies, she took her life because she couldn't handle the pain. Woke up this morning, first thing I see on the news is a 35-year-old guy who uh, was very well-known uh, in the tech industry, uh, died of an overdose of heroin and cocaine. The world is dark. People are searching for answers. They want to know what's going on. Instead of facilitating society towards darkness, we have to be that which is the opposite, the light that illuminates the truth. We, but we have to be prepared. We have to be ready to declare. And one of the things that we have to declare today is that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And why are you different? Because I have the light. Because God is light. Oh, but things are so dark. No, there's no darkness in God. Any darkness that you see in humanity is, is that of, of man's byproduct. Not my God. I've seen, I've heard, I've tasted, another verse says. I've touched. And, and that's the same thing that we should all be in agreement to be able to say. Those are the things that we can prepare ourselves to declare. A manifestation of God, amen, hallelujah. Spirit, fall on your people. A fellowship that, that creates and cultivates joy? Yes, in the presence of God, we have much joy. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That is something that, that we can all get behind. That is some good news that we can deliver to people who are suffering right now, who are struggling. You guys know that? I want you to take those things that we talked about. Remember I said, jot down, write down some things that God has manifested to you or how he has manifested to you. What have you seen? What has God shown you? What have you heard? Even if it's not your own testimony, man, I've got some friends who, who I've got one buddy that should be in jail right now for drug trafficking 
He should be in jail. The charges got thrown out after he became a believer. What have you heard? I, I hear that testimony. I pass that right along real quick. What, what has been made tangible to you? What have your hands touched? And are you in a place now that you're prepared and have been preparing in, in this season to declare it? to declare the goodness of God because he is good. The final question that I want to present to you, are you prepared to declare? Are you prepared to declare? You're going to talk to people. It's Christmas time. Forget about all that nonsense of paying it forward, buying somebody behind you something. You know, and, and, you know what? Write a card about how God has manifested himself to you, pay for their coffee and tell the barista to give them the card with the coffee. So it's not just a random act of kindness. It is, is an act of God using you to declare to the world that he is good. And I'm not, listen, I'm not knocking anybody that does the buying thing for behind. I get it, like, that's great. But, but declare it in word and in deed because God is good. You have to be prepared before you can declare. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this reminder this morning of um, proclamation, declaration, and that, that you have revealed yourself to us. You've manifested yourself to us in a way that, in a way that you want us to relate to the world. You want us to relate to those who do not know you so that you can manifest yourself to them. We thank you for reminding us of your works. We thank you for instructing us in your goodness. We thank you for the opportunity to declare it to others, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There's one more verse I want to share with you guys just as we take a, take a moment. Isaiah chapter 12, verses 4 through 6 says, And in that day you will say, Praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his deeds among the peoples. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. There are some things that you can also declare. God, you are good. And with everybody, please, in an attitude of prayer, with your eyes closed, and your heads bowed, I want to give an opportunity. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior before, and, and what, I, what I'm saying doesn't really make sense because you don't have that joy in fellowship. 
You don't have any manifestations of God to point to. You haven't seen or heard or touched the things that God has done. And you want to because you understand that what I'm telling you is true because it is. If there's anybody here this morning who has not accepted Jesus for their forgiveness of sins and received the Holy Spirit, but you want to, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I'll pray with you if that's you and you're taking a step of faith to do something you've never done before. The Bible says if you confess Jesus before man, he will confess you before his father. It's Jesus' words. If that's you this morning, I want you to stretch your hand high up in the air so I can pray for you. Anybody at all, Father, bless my brothers and sisters this week. Give them an ample opportunity to declare. Thank you for the preparation that your spirit has done in our hearts today. And bless the fellowship that we have with you and the fellowship that we have with each other after this service. In Jesus' name, with joy.